Hello everyone and welcome to the Cyclocross Social Podcast. We are here to kick off the second season of the Cyclocross Social Podcast. This 2021-2022 season is looking to be an exciting season ahead of us and we will be taking a look forward at the men's races this season. With me here to do that today is Isam. Hey everybody. As well as Tuan. Hello. And Tom is here as well. Hey guys. So we had a short break after the Tour de France in which we prepared for the cyclocross season and did some things and we'll start off this podcast by recapping actually what happened ever since the Tour de France until now. We'll start off by talking about Mathieu van der Poel. He hasn't stopped entertaining us since leaving the field in the winter for the road as uh, he provided some beautiful action in the Tour de France getting that yellow jersey on the second stage and keeping it magically in that TT and then uh, going on to the Olympics where unfortunately um, a lack of course knowledge led to a crash and uh, following back problems uh, which uh, make the start of a cyclocross season unsure as to when it will be. Yeah, we have to note that was not the road race that he did at the Olympics. That was the mountain bike race and some more detail there. There was uh, a big jump off from a rock and when he did the course reckon, there was some kind of plank which he could ride off, but it was gone in the race. So he basically fell already in the first lap of the race and that was his race over with. But in that same mountain bike race, Tom Pitcock did a phenomenal job and Isam will tell us about what Pitcock has been doing. Pitcock, obviously... He um, won in Novo Mesto and then he went to Leggett. He crashed there, had a collarbone fracture. And then, you know, a silence prepared himself for Olympic Games. And we knew kind of that he was going to be one of the favorites. Uh, but when he was there at the Olympics, it was like we were looking to somebody that was doing mountain bike for I don't know how many years. He was calm and collected. He, he, he didn't do a step wrong he was uh at the front of the race the whole time and then halfway through the race he was like well i've seen enough of uh of nino schurter and flukinger and i'm gonna try to chase that gold and he, he went off and you know it was um amazing to see a guy that we know from cyclocross a guy that performed also very well uh, in the you know in the beginning of uh, the season on the road winning the brabant Appel. And then winning Olympic gold, that is uh, for a lot of people a dream and he made that dream come true. So, you know, that was uh, absolutely amazing to watch. And then the third of basically the big three of cyclocross and Wout van Aert. What has he been up to this summer? Yeah, well, it was the Tour de France was really the big one for Van Aert. And what a performance from him. Firstly, taking the win in the time trial. A bit expected really from Van Aert, but still a very, very strong showing. Winning the TT, then even more impressively, winning on the double Von 2 stage. Two times up the Mont Von 2 from a breakaway, holding off the climbers. And yeah, a fantastic win. And then, just to top it all off, beating Mark Cavendish on Champs-Élysées to take the sprint stage on the final day of the Tour. I don't think there could be a more well-rounded rider in the race. And yeah, that was a pretty incredible tour from Van Aert. Van Aert will now be preparing for the World Championships and then Paris-Roubaix. And then after that, he is going to go into the field. But basically, all these three riders are going to have a late entry into the field. And this raises the question, where will they be against the riders who will be there from the start? Names as Isabiet, Aert, Zweig, Van Turenhout. But first... Before we talk about them, 
we all know that the UCI ranking is going to be reset after a month, so then all the points from last season are gone. How will this influence these riders? They will need to start from the back then. Will this really hamper them, or do we think that they will have the level to easily cut through the field? I think it could be a really interesting one, to be honest. I think in the first couple of races, depending on how many riders we have, seeing them start in the back of the field, it could really put them at a disadvantage. It, you might find they're able to work their way through the field, but then it puts the kind of lesser big names in much better contention to kind of hang on with the likes of Van der Poel and Van Aert, who might normally ride away from the start. So I think we could see some really interesting racing the first few times they start this winter. I just I I think that is um, that if you if you looked at the races that the were that they were starting at the back that it was very easy for them to get in the top ten and even get in the top five. Obviously, fighting for a podium will then be maybe a little bit harder, but I think eventually um, what they are going to do there is you know they are there just to get obviously some of those points. But just also to get some rhythm, and I think if a Van der Poel is in shape, if a Pitcock is in shape, if a Van Aert is in shape, you know it shouldn't be an issue starting from the back. Um, they should just be able to cruise to top ten, cruise to top five, and then from there it's gonna be a little bit more difficult. But I still think they will be fighting for podiums and uh, victories. And the important thing as well is if they feel like one of these races it's too tough to get from the back to the front they can just come into the field like a week later or the other day in the weekend they can just skip a course where it's probably too hard to move up and make it really tough but it will certainly see some, make for some interesting races as uh, van der Poel and Pitcock and van Aert have to make their way through the field yeah I think these rules could hamper other cyclocross riders because the World Cup, the most important classification there is, there is this rule that every country can bring eight riders. If you're in the top 50, you automatically qualify and you can bring the first eight from the that top 50. And basically for Belgium, this will probably mean that Van Aert isn't in that top 50. And does this mean he can't go to the World Cups? No, because as far as I remember last year, there were wildcards which they could award to riders so they could come to the World Cup if they were outside the top 50. But normally this wildcard might have been going to Timmerlier or Johnny Vermeers, but now it's going to Wout van Aert. And in the Netherlands, it's going to Van der Poel. So maybe other riders will suffer from this. Yeah, I think that, that could be the case, really. I think it was previously like people in the top 50 of the ranking were guaranteed a start place in the World Cup. And obviously if, if Van der Poel and Van Aert, Pitcock are not, are not in the top 50 of the, of the UCI ranking, I'm not quite sure how that, how that will work out. But yeah, they'll have to effectively take someone else's spot in order to ride. So, so yeah, I think it, it could, we'll, we'll kind of see how it works out, I guess. But whether... It's a, it's a question of actually how many other people really are able to gain points in the opening few races. Because if only the same riders are always coming in the top 10, then, you know, we might find that actually they, they, Van der Poel, Van Aert don't end up starting too far down. They might be on the third line because everyone else also has zero points still. So I guess we'll just see when it comes really. 
Well, then about those riders, who they will be up against. We already had the big names. Easy Beat, winner of the David V trophy last year. Don Aerts, winner of the World Cup and the Super Prestige last year. Oh, no, actually, um, Van Aert won the World Cup. I'm sorry. Aerts is only winner of the Super Prestige. And then Easy Beat, the winner of the David V trophy. Of course, also Zweig and Van Toornout coming off strong uh, last season. What do you guys think? Who of these riders will really be up there maybe in the beginning and then also towards the time that Van der Poel, Pitcock and Van Aert come into the field? I would expect to see um, Isabit again peaking early in the season and I think with like this many UCI points and starting positions up for grabs I think you'll see like a lot of the guys like behind Van Turenhout and Zweig also like really trying to peak toward the start of the season to secure a good spot uh, in the starting rows. Uh, for the first few months of the season and maybe some of the other guys like outside of Isbit will struggle to keep up with them it will be interesting to see I, th I don't think there's going to be one guy dominating the start of the season I, I wouldn't expect that because there are going to be more people that have um, a good idea that if they're going to be good in the beginning of the season I wouldn't say peaking but like in a very good shape that a lot of um a lot of important points and a lot of important races are up for grabs. Um, so I think that there are going to be a lot of riders that are be, will be focusing specifically on the beginning of the season, obviously also with the American campaign. So I, I, I would expect that, especially the ones that you named now, and maybe also some other guys that, you know, from the under 23 going up, that they will be, you know, looking for opportunities in the beginning of the season to, you know, gain some points and get up high in the rankings. I think the beginning of the season will be really open because if you look at the top 10s of the races at the end of last year in the top 10, you always had Van Aert, Van der Poel, Pitcock. They're not there. Then you also had Vermeers in the top 10. He's not there. For Quinten Hermans, he's reserved for the World Championships. I don't think that will mean he will be starting in the field immediately. For the other riders, we still don't really have a program, but you can expect the pure cyclicals riders to be there. But this could really mean it's open and that you will have some riders fighting in the top 10, maybe someone like Kevin Kuhn, if he can make another step. He was always around the back end of the top 10 last year. Well, if you take out four or five names of the top 10 because they aren't there, that means that Kevin Kuhn could well be fighting for fifth place. And if you have a really good day or make a step, you can be fighting for podium. I think it will be really open. I personally expect Isabit to have the upper hand over Arts and his teammates. But will he win all races in the beginning of the season? Not too sure. If it's dry, which you never know, weather, big role, then Lauren Zweig, very dangerous in my opinion. But then again, what um, do they think at Paul Sauzer Bingo? Will they be fully backing Isabit again? Or is Zweig there this time to really fight Isabit and think this is my chance I need to get the wins now I'm already 28 turning 29 soon there's not much left in my career if I want to get wins I need to do it now well what do you guys expect about Tone Arts then I mean for me Tone Arts a very consistent rider do you think he will keep this consistency, or will he maybe be able to set a step it's hard to say. It, it it really depends. Also, a little bit like you were saying on on the conditions. I think I I don't I don't see Tonarts on a fast parkour dominating a race at the moment. Uh, I don't think he's gonna be able to do that in the future as well. I think that is just where he's stuck with at the moment. 
You know, it's not going to improve all of a sudden on all areas. Uh, so he needs to be a little bit lucky with the parkour, a little bit lucky with the weather. And then, yeah, I think consistency can certainly be uh, something that will help him uh, dominate a few races, win a few races. And I think he definitely wants to, you know, in the beginning of the season, he was uh, some ups and downs. I think he wants to now maybe uh, show uh, Paul Sauze that he's, uh, there's, he's not someone to play with and that he's uh, capable of uh, getting the trio. Yeah, I think for Tone Aarts, it's really hard to win those races like at the start of the season. But he's, he's consistently going to be somewhere close by. And I think he and Van Turenhout are also the ones most equipped to stay closer to Pitcock, Van Aert and Van der Poel when they actually come into the field. Because Tone Aarts has just got this consistency if he doesn't get injured like he... Uh, like a few bumps and bruises like he had last year over the Christmas period, I think, uh, which really hindered his chances of doing some extra things. I think that's certainly the case with Arch. Tom, what do you think? Uh, do you think, let's touch on two Dutch riders who have been in the field for a very long time now, Van der Haar and Van Kessel. What do you expect for these two riders? Well, I think it's been a really interesting one, to be honest. We've not seen them in action in too many road races this year. And I think really there's no reason to expect them not to kind of be the same level as before. I think we could see them kind of hovering around fourth, fifth position in some races. Perhaps pushing for the podium. But I, but I don't see these riders really uh, contending for the win. Uh, I could be wrong, but I think it's more going to be the younger generation really coming through and fighting for those victories. There's one name I would still really like to mention, and that is Niels van der Putten. Last year he was injured, um, I think that was at uh, Kortrijk, he crashed and he broke something, I don't remember what, he was out for a very long time, came to the World Championships, got 8th, but his campaign after the World Championships was really impressive in my opinion. Top 10 after top 10, 21 years old, and... He got, I think, a podium in Brussels. I think he got third after Isabita and Toon Aerts. Twan, what do you expect for Niels van der Putten next season? Uh, I think he certainly has his courses and his days where he can do really well. And I hope that he also uh, like gets more consistency because I always feel like he has these uh, races where he randomly comes like 25th or something, where you're really thinking that he should just be closer to that top 15, maybe even top 10. But that's also something, in my opinion, that comes with age. When you're young, your results go more up and down. And if you get a bit older, don't forget, he's still under 23 rider the upcoming season. You don't really know what is going to happen with him and his development. If he develops a bit, I think he could get that consistency and could be racking in those top 10s week after week. And it would certainly be nice to see that. I think he is certainly the biggest Belgian talent at the moment. I mean, of course, you have Thibaut Nice, but Niels van der Putte has already proved it. He's, in my opinion, at least that's what I really look forward to, is seeing him develop. And I think... That's something the Belgians need because they have a lot of riders like Jens Adams, Tom Meuse, Vincent Baas, Dan Slander Lokes. All these riders, Dan Suta as well. These are riders that finish at the back end of the top 10 often, but are usually between places 11 and 20. And 
definitely with the talent that's coming through, I think they need somebody who can actually be in the top 10 consistently. Then there's still three riders who we have basically been ignoring so far. These are all three riders who have ridden on the road quite a bit this season. Hermans, I already mentioned his name. What do you guys think about Quinton Hermans this upcoming season? Because personally, I am looking forward to seeing him in the field. I'm looking forward too. I I think that um, that obviously his, his, his latest results on in the field uh, were good. Very good. And I think personally that obviously at that crash and that all that hampered him in his preparation for the cyclocross season so in my opinion definitely wants to watch um maybe not in the beginning of the season but definitely going through the season going more to the more known races i think that van kessel is definitely one of those guys to to watch out for and he he made a he made a good step on the road, so I would expect that that will also go out to 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 the field and in the cyclocross he will also be, uh, you know, fighting for top fives and top tens for sure. Well, Isam, I agree with you that crash last year really hampered him. You could see towards the end of the season he was finally good, and. In the beginning of the season, he did blow himself up a lot in the beginning of the lap, but I think that was mainly down to him being used to being a better version of himself, which he wasn't back then. This year he had a successful road campaign. Then again, we don't know when he will be going into the field. He said himself he doesn't think he will be selected for the world. He is reserved there. So what will this mean? We don't know. But either way, I think it will be good to see him. And I think I, ex I expect more from Hermans than I uh, expect from, let's say, Tim Merlier. Because Tim Merlier last year, yes, he had COVID, but he wasn't really there or almost there. Tom, what do you expect from Merlier? Uh, Merlier has been training more and more on last sprints, I would say, I, I would guess, which won't help his cyclical ability um, because it's a lot about sustained power as well. But he, he can still put up some decent results, especially when he has his is on a good day but i think uh, this season again we will really see that timberlier is more and more focusing on road and that his cyclocross uh, results will probably continue to suffer from it and maybe he can get some back end of the top tens if we look long term do you think that merlier is going to quit cyclocross i think that's a really good question and i think it will really this season could be kind of a crunch point for him in terms of he's really proved himself on the road and in these bunch sprints and he's, st he's still got some more work to do but he's, he's still young he can uh he still need gain more experience and i really think as alpes and phoenix develop their team more he's going to be even more of a part of their road team rather than the cross team so i can really see maybe he might start with a few races this year and if, and if it ends up going really badly he might just kind of uh say that's enough and let's focus on the road campaign but then you know if he's coming in the top 10 top 5 we may see he's he's just got that bit more power all round and he's able to kind of have the top end to stay with with the front of the race more so I think it could go both ways but yeah there's no reason for him to continue the sport if he's not enjoying it or if he's not really up there in the races you know 
He still has a one-year deal with Alpecin Phoenix, but the word in the town is that um, the Koning Quickstep is interested in him. Do you see him make that move after this season, so for 2023? I think that's a tricky one, really, because I think it's it's similar to Van der Poel. You know, every team would like Van der Poel in, in to join Mum. But if Alpes and Phoenix are able to offer Mulier a good lead-out, commitment in the sprints, and and a ticket to all these big races, there's no reason why he should he should move to Quickstep really. But yeah, Quickstep, the biggest Belgian team, and he may decide. But but that's where he wants to go. If you want the best lead-out in the rules, you probably are going to have to move to Quickstep. And if I think. It would be a deadly combination uh, having Merlier sit on that sprint train. Um, he could certainly dominate the Tour de France, I think, and take like five stage wins. Yeah, I think that's definitely possible. But I think this season he will still go into the field long term. It's hard to say, but a lot will depend on the season. I already mentioned it. He did have COVID and we don't know how much that influenced him last season. He himself said not uh, that much. So I guess we can just wait and see. However, I do expect a bit more from his teammate, Johnny Vermeer, who had a very strong road season. There was a bit of controversy around him just this week because he got into a fight with Remco Evenepoel during the first stage of the Benelux Tour. However, that is all settled. What do you guys expect from him this cyclocross season? If I would compare, like if you're going to pick Cornet van Kessel, which who we all expect a little bit more than Merlier, I would put Vermeers a little bit in, in between them. I think Vermeers um, is definitely a guy that, if he has a good day, he can be fighting for top fives. Um, but I just don't think that because of his focus that is now laid so much on the road, if he's going to be able to uh, maintain that, you know, the possibility of being in the top 10 and being in the top 5 in, 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 in the cyclocross and with so many young talent as well and also with the big guys from the road coming on as well I I don't know, it's, it's very hard to place him somewhere right now I really have to see him in the first few races to really have an idea of uh, what his potential will be well, then let's take some look at the transfer news over the summer. The biggest transfer, and basically the only big transfer, is Pim Ronhaar leaving the team of Paul Sauzer Bingo, moving to Trek Balwa's Lions. What are your, is Tom, let's start with you. What is your thought on this transfer? I think it's an interesting one, really. Obviously, under 23 world champion. And, yeah, Paul Sauzer Bingo have have a fair few under 23s more than Balwa's trek but I think it was a, a bit of a strange one but I guess Ryan Camp is is the other really real big name and yeah I guess two rivals on the same team perhaps isn't ideal so and maybe Balwa's trek are trying to strengthen their lineup a bit but they're they're now gonna have Ron Har and Nice battling it out so yeah, I think it's a an interesting one, but a bit of a surprising one perhaps. But time will tell and I'm sure I'm sure he'll be uh up there in the races again this year. 
I think it definitely came as a surprise, but then if you look into the team of Paul Sauzer Bingo, they're already paying a lot of wages for Isabit, Zweig, Van Turenhout, and then Ryan Kamp last year had a very strong season, ending in the top 10 a lot. I expect him to be up there again week after week this year. He probably got an upgraded contract after that. And Ronhaar, well, he I think was still on the contract he first signed when he made the step to the pro team, and well, that's probably minimum wage or just above it. And then now he became world champion last year, was also in the top 10 quite a few times. And then Ronar was probably like, hey guys, come on. I know what Ryan Kamp got last year when he became under 23 world champion. I want at least somewhere near that. And that Mette Penninger just said, hey, I, don't either, I either don't have that money or I don't want to spend that money. And that he was then like, okay, can I then leave the team? And they found a way out. So... They have Kamp, and then um, the Trek Balwas Lions have Ronhaar, which could be a very interesting battle in the future. I would hope for Metapenguin's sake it was more the I don't have the money part than I don't want to pay the money part. Because Pim Ronhaar leaving, it's very unfortunate for Paul Sousa, a very good rider and uh, has a lot of potential. Yeah, I agree. I hope that it's definitely that they didn't have the money because I think in long term it could hurt the team that they let him go because if you look at it, Laura Zweig, he is rumored to be leaving the team in the coming year. Basically, at the end of the year, we expect him to be moving to Tormans. That was a story already that they wanted to do with the season early. Then I think it's probably the case also that they just didn't have it because they also upgraded the contract of Fem van Empel and Denise Betsema. But then if you look at it, the team, if Zweig leaves, then instead of having five strong riders, they're down to three strong riders. And then the rest is basically down how will their tele- talent develop. But so far, Vitsemeus, Toon van der Bos, they all haven't really been able to show it. But I guess only time will tell. Then some other transfers to go through. Basically in the men's uh, cyclocross, it was pretty quiet. The only thing that happened is that the Kreafin Freestad team is now gone. That's one of the teams of the Rothoft brothers. The riders that were under contract at Kreafin Freestad have now been moved to other teams of the Rothoft brothers. This means that Johnny Vermeers will now race in Alpesin. Mees Hendricks, Dieter Zweig and Timo Kielich will now race in Ico Kreeland. Then to round off this podcast, I have asked everybody to pick one young rider that they will talk about. And that means they will just tell us why they think this rider will do good. So I'll start off with Issam. Who did you pick? Well, I went for for a Belgian rider that we have seen uh, in the World Championships um, coming fourth in Litter 23, Emil Verstringer. I think that, you know, over the course of the season, obviously he, he had very good performances. Um, I think he finished twice with the elites in the top 10, once in Switzerland and the other one was in Gulligen. Uh And both uh, were very good, very impressive results for a guy that's very young. Um, I definitely believe that he is someone to watch. I don't think it's for him a do or die this season, but it's definitely a season where uh, I want to see if his potential is real. And I think that... Um, he will be uh, someone that we're going to see more often in the, in the top 10. Certainly this year with the under-23s having their own races again, I think that's really crucial to see these names because then you will have these 
under 23 races before in the David Faye Trophy in the World Cup, and you'll be able to see these names really in a clean result, in a clean race, which will definitely tell us more. So I think it's definitely an interesting pick by you, Isam Verstringer. And Twan, who did you go for then? And the man who wasn't allowed to go to the U23 World Championships, Thibaut Nice. Uh, he seems to have really made a step over this road season, riding really well in some of the Belgian classics he started and doing very well in the Balois Belgium Tour uh, too. And second at the road race national championships under 23. So Thibaut Nice uh, definitely finding some good form over the summer in the road season and uh, I, I think he's gonna kick on and of course that technical ability is uh, gonna carry him very far i'm definitely looking forward to Thibaut nice if we could be basically get others opinions on Thibaut nice because we didn't touch upon him but personally i expect Thibaut nice to do real big things this season his road campaign was there personally i even believe his last season wasn't even that disappointing of course it was up and down but the expectations were just so high and I mean, don't forget, he made the step from juniors to under uh, 23, but there were no under 23 races, so he basically went from junior to elite. I mean, that's a big step to make, and he still got some very good results there. Also had some bad luck in races where he could have gotten a top 5 where he crashed. I don't. I think that was in Gullegem, but I'm not exactly sure there. Anyway, I do think that he w is capable of getting good results. What do you guys think, Tom, Isam? I certainly think he's he's he could be up there this year. I think he's shown himself on the road as as mentioned, you know, really strongly in the road. A bit unexpected maybe, I would say. I think he's really overachieved on the road this this summer. And I'd like to think he's gonna carry this form through into the cross season and really have a good year in the field because yes he may be looking to transition a bit more to the road following these good results. But he is a real cross rider and I think it's really be great to see him up there in the podiums contesting for the win as well. And I really think we could see him in the podium in the World Championships this year. Well, Tom, I also ask you to keep an eye out on some talent, perhaps some British talent. What do you think? So my, my, uh, my pick is actually a, a junior rider this year. Obviously, there's not been so many junior races the last few years, but actually riding for our own cyclocross team is uh, Nathan Smith. I think uh, top 10 last year in the only World Cup in Tabor in his first cyclocross race abroad. And he's shown himself really strong in the mountain bike. And I think we could really see him up there this year in the junior category. Potentially following in the footsteps of the likes of Pitcock and Tullet. And yeah, maybe, maybe even podium in the world championships, you know, I wouldn't put it past him. So that could be a bit of an outside shout there. Well, that's definitely an interesting choice. I do know his name from that same, from that World Cup that we you were talking about there in Tabor is also where I based my pick on. My pick for this season is Lorenzo Maschiarelli. This guy is Italian. He signed for Paul Sousa Bingo which is interesting to see in Italian. Do I expect huge things from him this season? No, I do think he will be up there. In my opinion, there's a reason that a te Belgian team signs an Italian rider, that they really see potential in him. And personally, I just also, maybe this is a bit of bias, but I really hope to see an Italian up there again, because 
Of course, you always see Netherlands and Belgium and now a couple of Brits, but it would be really cool if there could be some riders from Italy coming through again and from Czech Republic. And I do expect him to be there. He ended uh, second in the World Cup in Tabor last year. So I think he will definitely be doing some things this year. More in the under-23 races than in the elite races. But nevertheless, I do think he will show us some potential this year. Well, that's it then for this episode of the Cyclocross Social Podcast. Our preview on the men's Cyclocross 2021-2022 season. Tom, Twan and Isam, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks. We will be back with a women's preview. And then um, after that, we will be looking ahead at the first race of this cyclocross season, the Etias Cross in Locre, which is going to be at the end of this week already. Definitely something to look forward to. So everyone, thank you for listening. I hope you guys are looking forward to this cyclocross season as much as we do. And I'll catch you guys then. Goodbye.